Hey, welcome back to Point Blank. This is John Carcosa joining us from the West Coast. Mo Youssef. Coming to us from the Windy City. Todd Sullivan. Coming to us from his kitchen. My Zapsick. And keeping it all together. He's got a microphone in his hand, another one on his sweatshirt. Who is it? Ming Chen, everybody. What's up? Well, what's up? We, we, it took us a little while. We were able to make it happen for this special post-apocalyptic edition of Point Blank. You know, before we get started, um, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on the air. And uh, a lot's gone on since then. A lot's happened. But one thing I think more than anything is kind of dominating the headlines. And I want to give props to Mo because he called this before anyone else did. And it's that former Point Blank guest, Rosario Dawson, has been cast as everyone's favorite Jedi Padawan, Ahsoka Tano, in the upcoming Mandalorian Season 2. Mo, how did you predict this? Well, I actually spotted Rosario and uh, and uh, a couple of people having a, uh, a power lunch, if you will, over in uh, Beverly Hills, and I think that's where the uh, the deal was struck. Was John Favreau? Was John Favreau there? All right, I didn't want to drop any names, but yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, was it, it's that a subway? What's that? Wasn't at a subway. It was not. No. Oh my God, do I really sound like that? Hey, real quick, uh, Mo. Um, uh, do you can you hook up your headphones back to the iPhone? <laughs> we're getting we're getting your feedback. Hey guys, first time, long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have headphones. I don't have headphones for the iPhone, so I'm gonna have to be on mute most of the time. Okay, we're just getting a little feedback from you. Otherwise, we're good. He plays the hits. Did I win? AirPods. And it looks like the Houghton Maven, Maria Elizabeth, has tuned in, and she seems pretty excited oh, about, about Ahsoka. Oh, about seven hey. exclamation points. Yeah, she's, uh, she's been on before on the program and mentioned her love of Star Wars. I think her and the family are probably very excited about Clone Wars Season 7. And... Um, Oh, yeah. Well, of course, spell check. So, uh, so Mo, anyway, great on predicting that. But we do need to get to some other breaking news. We are excited about Rosario. She's been campaigning for the role for a long time. Of course, this comes right after the character just made her big screen debut in audio form only in uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. So let's see. The rumors today are that her Mandalorian Season 2 appearance is going to serve as a backdoor pilot for an Ahsoka Tano uh, spinoff live action series. And that would really uh, bring some more eyeballs to Disney Plus, not that they need it. Um, uh, here's, so let's get to the breaking news. And it's kind of a, it, going from one streaming service to another. CBS All Access. You know, I pay for that a couple of months a year, and then I turn it off the rest of the year. They announced today that the entire first season of Star Trek Picard is going to be made available to everyone for free. If you, if you don't have the service, if you've never signed up, you can watch the entire first season. The uh, the season finale does air tomorrow, but all the other episodes. So uh, if you're wondering, yes, I do feel like even more of a schmuck for having signed up for that service. <laughs> but uh, has anyone been watching Star Trek Picard? I saw the first episode. 
I know we I convinced George Setti that uh, to to check it out. He liked this. Uh, he liked this Picard stuff we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. So I, I'm curious to hear if he if he actually got in on it yet. You know that's a, that's a that's pretty good. It did debut on his birthday, January twenty third. Uh, there's been a number of great guest star appearances so far, and they've got something really nice cooked up for the finale tomorrow. But um, we were there, Nick Franco tuning in with the enthusiastic make it so. Um, here's the other breaking news, and I think this is what everyone in the country is talking about right now. And of course, it's this coronavirus, COVID nineteen quarantine that um, that we're all in. Uh, it's why we're coming to you this way instead of from the beautiful new suite on the fifth floor of the A Shared Universe podcast studio. So uh, if we could just go real briefly, uh, um, you know, go around. Uh, let's start uh, in my top left, which is going to be Ming. Talk about maybe a little bit how this has been affecting you. How's the family doing? How's the business going? Go ahead, Ming. Uh, we'll start with the family. Family's doing good. Uh, kids are doing school remotely. Nobody's killed each other yet. And uh, we have plenty of toilet paper, toilet paper ice cream, bourbon, and uh, thanks to you, I have beer. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, The business. um, Well, we're legally government mandated, not allowed to be in the studio, uh, which pains me greatly. Uh, I was there until the last minute, 8.59 p.m. on Sunday, you know, as everything, uh, as as, uh, they were shutting everything down at 9, I was there clearing it out, uh, bringing everything here and setting up a home studio. So uh, I'm currently on a card table in my living room and uh, my dog has not chewed up all the cables yet. Um, But uh, yeah, it stinks. It's sad. And um, however... Uh, podcasting does not stop and, uh, we're trying to hook everybody up remotely as we are now. So if you have a show, if you're a shared universe podcaster or you're a podcaster anywhere in the world and you want to keep going, there's no reason why you can't just because we're, we're socially distancing doesn't mean we can't still be social. So we've been hooking up people, uh, researching new technologies. Uh, I, I'm getting texts on my phone right now. It's like, how are you guys on all at the same time doing this? And uh, we will be happy to show you and get you guys connected, record your audio, record your video, and uh, get you guys podcasting. It's not ideal, but it's uh, you know, it, it's it's not that bad either. And uh, you, like the Avengers once said, uh. uh like the Avengers once said, uh, what'd they say? Uh, <laughs> shoot, I'm sorry. My, my, my brain is fried. We feel together. We'll what, do that together. Too. What, whatever it takes. Whatever, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. That's good, man. Whatever it takes. Sorry. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So uh, we are able to cook people up remotely. So... Yeah, Ming, it's, I mean, this is actually a great opportunity for anyone who's who's been curious about it and never tried it. Uh, or as you say, around the country, around the world. Now, with this setup, call up Shared Universe, call up Ming Chen. You get your online. Let's do it. You don't have to. I mean, the studio is amazing to visit. Anyone in the uh, in the New Jersey area, you know, get in there. But um, now you you can handle anyone around the country. Yeah. However, oh, you, you know, new setup. I can't wait. Yeah. However, yeah. you guys you guys know I like to be outside. I like to be social. I like to hug people, and uh, not being around people, not being able to leave the house. It's it's. Uh, so far, I think I'm a little sane, although I'd like to introduce you guys to Mr. Sprinkles right here. 
Uh, I'm oh, gonna, hello there. I, uh, he's my new friend, and I think we're going to start a new podcast together. Uh, is about it like the, Will, you know, Wilson the volleyball? It, it is. We've been having many conversations, and uh, look, I even got him a friend. This is Rainbow Mr. Sprinkles is Chocolate Mr. Sprinkles. Wow. And uh, we're definitely starting a new show together. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, my, Mike, actually, that's a per- perfect. Hopefully, you'll get more listeners than we had, Ming. <laughs> so, how's it been going with you, Mike? Uh, fine. Family's here. My wife has been uh, in self-quarantine since she was out in San Francisco. Todd, I told you about that thing that she was supposed to do. Yeah. You guys had that thing a week later that was canceled. Yep. Hers was not. So wow. she was still out there. San Francisco, you know, was one of those places that, oh, rumor mills. It's, you know, there are a lot of cases out there. So um, she's been in self-quarantine. Wow. Um, but Feeling okay I, though, just, just precautionary. Precautionary. She no, she was not exhibiting any symptoms, um, and, and doesn't it doesn't attract that it comes right on uh, like spring allergy season, mm-hmm. right? You know, every little thing is like, oh wait a minute, ah, yeah, ah, oh my god, I'm hard. dying of COVID. Now, so, Mike, yeah. I, I've seen her on a few podcasts already just in the past week. Um, you know, she was on with you and Ming and, yep. um, and so, um, she looked like she was doing fine. So I'm sure. Doing you know, great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The kids are fun. They're out to April 20th. Wow. School is done till April 20th and at, Long Branch is. At least April the, 20th. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we had to close down the secret stash. Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash is, uh, we closed that Wednesday, last Wednesday. It was deemed and, non-essential. Uh, we were deemed non-essential, and I, I went up to Red Bank, and I'm like, "Dude, we're essential." But and, and what happened? What did they say? <laughs> they uh, they pulled the gun on me and told me to walk away slowly. <laughs> no, they didn't. They um, actually everybody doesn't. Everyone has been really cool. We've been doing a lot of stuff online. We've been getting all our comics out to our reservists. Um. You know, Jay and Silent Bob's, it, it was great because it comes from the top. They they said, don't charge shipping. Wow. So we're, we're, we're eating the shipping. So, yeah, because we right. care. <laughs> Hopefully. Me, yeah. I was just and saying, I'm just cleaning up the place. I'm just going into the stash every day, and we are we're coronavirus free. Okay, so you've been getting out of the house, and you've been getting over there and tidying up. I have been. Okay. All right. Uh, this could be an opportunity for all of us at home or whatever workspace in that case to, uh, to get on some projects, cleaning, organizing, things of that nature. Uh, Todd, what's been going out in Chicago? I know what happened to you prior to arriving out there. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but, uh, but for the last week or so, has it been, you know, you've got, you've got four kids there uh, and I, I think some new additions as well, right? I do. Um, yeah, we, it's, uh, it's, it's chaos, but my house is pretty much used to chaos. I mean, we, like you say, we've got four kids. I've got four little ones, um, nine and, and under down to three. So the first priority for them was getting a, we've got a crazy homeschooling setup going on. Um, my wife is doing an amazing job with that. Our, our schools out here did an cre- incredible job. Shout out to the Clarendon Hills uh, teachers at Prospects, Prospect Elementary. They've sent everyone home with, um, you know, a full digital e-learning program. They're doing every morning check-ins with all the kids. 
This morning, my three-year-old had her whole preschool class. I put it up on the big screen TV and they were all like talking to each other and singing songs together. And I mean, it was, it was, it was hysterical. Um, we should so, yeah. do that, guys. We should do that right now. Okay. <laughs> exactly. It looks a lot like this, but with a lot of three-year-olds yelling at each other. Can you hear me? I can see you. Can you see me? Oh, man. Um, so that, that was a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm blessed. My job has done an amazing job taking care of uh, their employees, taking care of um, you know, as many people as possible, paying out e- even staff that you know, they can't come in, that can't work from home. Um, so I've, I've got a good setup for all that, able to work remotely pretty well. And then, yeah, just to up the degree of difficulty, we got ourselves a new puppy on Saturday. <laughs> um, wow. So we're now rocking uh, four, unreal, four, kids, four kids, two cats, and a nine-week-old Beagle Lab puppy who's absolutely adorable. Maybe named na- named Noodle. Her name is Noodle. It was uh, chosen by the kids on en route to the shelter where we got her. Would have went with COVID, but yeah, I, I try. I tried for Corona. But uh, it, it got voted down. So, yeah, she's the noodle. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun because we figured, you know, we're, we're stuck. We've been wanting to get a dog. We figured we're stuck in the house. Everyone's here. I'm home. I'm not traveling as I usually am. So, why not, why not get a dog? Good time to house train a puppy. The awesome, kids have been man. going nuts for it. So, it's a lot of fun. You know, Franco, just, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Just, just to play off that, you mentioned how, uh, you know, your kids' teachers, obviously, they're doing a great job. Uh, you know, we see here in the house, the lovely Suzanne. She's teaching the first graders of Little Silver over at Little Silver's Point Road School. And, um, you know, it's she's recording videos late at night. She's doing one-on-one sessions. That's you it. know, there's, there's specific sections where, you know, they're all together. There are sessions where they're working one-on-one. Then, of course, she's working with the parents. And in some cases, there's parents who are having to get a little bit more hands-on with the work that has happened before. So uh, definitely let's give a shout-out for our teachers. Now, before we throw it out to Mo and see how he's uh, managing through this through this quarantine, just want to give some some shout-outs. We see CJ Collins joined in. Uh, thanks. Uh, he, uh, Todd, he was actually supposed to come out to Chicago, uh, maybe for some uh, Hang On To Your Shorts Film Fest-related stuff, but he's not going oh, yeah. to make that trip now. Uh, Peter's in, Peter Riario. Um, and, uh, and Marie is saying Red Bank is desolate. It's weird. You know, I, 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 I drove through the other day. Um, first of all, it was the quickest I ever got through town uh, without, any, without any sort of traffic whatsoever. Completely weird. Um, and uh, and uh, it's just so bizarre, man. Well, anyway, like I said, that's part of the inspiration for top three. We'll talk about that later. I think, Ming, when you were talking about you know all the various podcasts that you're able to set up, Maria said she's going to be recording a THM one maybe over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get we'll we'll get you connected, Maria. All right, Mo, you're back here. Uh, it looks amazing wherever you are. I don't know if you're out on your deck or what's going on. How have you? <laughs> Have you been doing through this crisis? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, sorry about the feedback. I'm actually outside, and over my shoulder, you can see the Whole Foods uh, located right there. They're operating at about thirty percent. And um, again, I'm sorry. Can you guys not hear me? No, we can hear you. Oh, good. Keep going. We can hear you. You're doing, you're doing great, Mo. You're doing great. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll head. I'll head back in. <laughs> Just wanted to uh, give everybody a little flavor of what's outside. So uh, I've been waking up every morning right around 6 o'clock to join conference calls uh, with our team in New Jersey uh, because they start their day at 9. And, uh, you know, thankfully for today, I get a, I get a short day. You know, normally it goes from, uh, from 6 to about 7 each day. 
Oh um, so there's a, there's a lot of action happening. There's a lot of uncertainty, certainly with businesses there. Um, uh, personally, I'm in a, I'm in a good situation. I'm in, a, I'm in a, my apartment, my, uh, my roommate, if you will, uh, my nephew, uh, Amir, he actually went back to Las Vegas and, uh, he's staying with his brothers and my, uh, my sister, they're, they're doing great over there. Uh, my mom, who's in Pennsylvania, her and my brothers, they're, they're, uh, they're all in good spirits. Okay, so, but, uh, things are good. Everybody's so, healthy, which is what's most important. Yeah, that, that is what's most important. However, just something you just said with your nephew having gone back to Vegas to be with his family, his mother, his siblings, you're, you're completely solo. So, are we worried about you having a isolation sickness here? Uh, you know, what's uh, what, how's your mental state? Well, <laughs> we have a bench trending, it's well, trending well, upward, just like my weight, you know. So, I've, I've watched a lot of movies. I actually saw Shawshank Redemption for the first time ever. From Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you send bottles sprinkle bottles? What's that? Yeah, send him the sprinkle bottles so he's right. <laughs> Give him a friend, man. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the worst thing that's happening right now is that I'm, uh, I'm going through my food supply much quicker than I should. So tomorrow morning, I'll uh, I'm I'm going to be hitting the uh, the road and, and taking a little jog. Well, listen, you've got the Whole Foods that's right across the street. Uh, as Nick Franco uh, points, only out, points out, they're at thirty percent, and and he wants to know if you can see their energy bar. <laughs> but um, but I do have to give you props because of all of us, you're wearing the most appropriate shirt right now that we're living in the apocalypse. You've got your apocalypse cow shirt. Um, uh, before we move into the next segment, just real quick, I wanted to recap. Um, Mike, you kind of gave a little allusion to this. Uh, whereas last weekend, Todd and I, along with friend of the program and frequent guest, George Gio, Giorgio Setti, uh, we traveled down to Tampa for the annual Hunapu Day Beer Festival thrown by Cigar City Brewing. And uh, even up until the day we left, you know, we're checking. I'm calling my friends that work at Cigar City Hey guys, uh, is this thing still happening? You're like, no, it's definitely still happening. You know, we've got a hundred breweries coming from around the country. They've all shipped a ton of beer here. There's no way we're not having this. Plus, as you've seen on the news, just in Florida in general, there was much more of a laissez-faire approach to this whole coronavirus quarantine. So, you know, we get down there. Um, Ming was actually toying with the idea of coming with us, at the, uh, you know, right up until the last minute. Uh, he made uh, what proved to be the prudent decision in not coming. <laughs> but, uh, but we caught our 6.40 a.m. flight out of Trenton on Frontier Airlines. And uh, we were on the ground by 9 a.m. And that was that was last Thursday. Todd lands a few a few minutes later. We head on over to Cigar City Brewing, and uh, and we were there. Uh, we had picked up our Hunapu beer. Um, we were having a great time engaging with the staff, engaging with some fellow brewers from a few of the other breweries that were in town. And it was there we were when we got the news. Todd, what happened next? No, it was, it was pretty fun. I mean, you mentioned the fact that we checked in multiple times to make sure that the event was still going on. We got every confirmation that, uh, that you can imagine. Of course, our two wives assured <laughs> us that there was no chance this was happening, that we were idiots for even trying to go. Right. Um, so once again, you know, as ever, they're they were right. Right. Yep. Um, but no, it was, it was pretty, it was strange, I guess, being in Cigar City Brewery when, the announcement that Cigar City's Hunapu Day was was getting canceled. So it's sort of like 
you looked around. It wasn't like there was an announcement over a loudspeaker. We just looked around and everyone's kind of checking it out and no, and realizing at the same time on their phones what was going on. And the place um, was, was packed. I mean, everybody was, was there. Yeah. Yeah, it was packed. And a lot of the um, the featured breweries, you know, we, we met a couple of folks who were who were going to be uh, showing off their, their beers uh, in, in the house there. So, I mean, we made we absolutely made the best of it. They made the best of it. I think they, they were excellent hosts for the rest of that uh, for the rest yeah. of that day. And, and then there was another event happening on Saturday night that we um, were expected to go to. And they had said that they were reorganizing some things. There was an outdoor event. They were hoping that because of that, they were following all the necessary guidelines. They were going to give plastic cups uh, for every pour instead of the, the taster glass and all of this stuff. So they were intending to go along. Mm. Um, and then, of course, that afternoon, that one was canceled as well. So it was left to us to just make our way around the city hitting breweries and bars and, and uh, having our own festival. And it worked out pretty well in that regard. Yeah. And, and we wound up, um, you know, scrambling with our respective airlines to get the flights changed so we can get back a day earlier because there's no need to obviously spend the whole time there. Um, right. So, uh, so that was, that was, you mentioned that second festival, which is over at green bench brewing over in St. Petersburg, where that's the night of a thousand sours. It was really a highlight for me last time. And I was oh, yeah. hoping to do that again. Um, but as it turned out without a festival, you know, we got over to Green Bench. They built an entirely new brewery next door, Web City Brewing. We got to Cycle Brewing. And then we got to visit our new friends over at 81 Bay Brewing. And um, we, we had amazing beers. Just like so, so such great he looks beers. off and gets wistful. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it was good, you know. So, so they're they're comping our tickets for next year as part of their compensation, you know, as part of you know making it up to us. So, uh, so who knows? Maybe you'll you'll be able to make it. I uh, uh, put me down for sure, gentlemen. Uh, I it pained me not to miss this year, but as it turned out, I guess I kind of could pretty much would have missed it anyways. So, and um, you know, and most been there with us before too. Um, and so, uh, Mo, uh, like Michael, not the biggest drinker in the world. Um, but, uh, but it, it, there's, there's just great camaraderie. We're hanging out. We're hitting really great restaurants, Todd. That might be a reason for me to come down. There you go. <sighs> Absolutely. And, um, if you've seen any of the pictures that we've posted on Facebook or Instagram, George was in rare form. Uh, it, it, I did. Just, yeah, we it, did. If you have to be on a canceled trip, he's the guy you want to be there with. Um, you know, he just makes the best out of everything. Okay, so sure, you got to put up with an inordinate amount of gaga. Um, but um, but but seeing him dance, you know, th those videos haven't been posted yet. We're waiting for the right time. But the George dancing videos. Just give him quick, John. The way on the way out, uh, we we hit uh, we hit a donut shop uh, for lunch. <laughs> Krispy Kreme, and, uh, and then the eggs. Just touch on the donuts and the eggs, and, and we can kind of leave it at that, maybe. Sure. Real, so, real quick, you know, there there was a Krispy Kreme located right around the corner from our condo. It was a standalone store. I hadn't seen that before. They don't have them up here. They have one in Penn Station, but it's a little bit different. So here we we got in there. We had the whole store to ourselves. Uh, uh, just it was the middle of the day, and uh, we were able to get George one of the Krispy Kreme hats and put him behind the counter, and. Um, and just have him do his best impersonation of a Krispy Kreme employee. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, at some point, the, the two people behind the counter, they're looking over, they're like, can we help you? We're like, no, no, it's okay. It's for a photo shoot. But he's behind the counter with them 
doing his thing. And 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 by the way, the donuts were awesome and super hot. Um, now, as far as the eggs, Todd, there you go. There's there he is. Look at this gentleman. Oh my God! Did he did he lick oh, any? Of there we go. Donuts. Ming's got me taken care of. It's on that, uh, yeah, the more the more recent one of the two. Hit the yeah, I, th- I think if you hit that plus six right there, you'll probably uh, you'll see you'll see him doing his thing. Um, you know, okay, okay actually, that's <laughs> there's, a, there's a glamour <laughs> shot. Okay, right? <laughs> I told, I told John that's like when they when they rolled Saddam Hussein out of the tunnel and served him some eggs. Oh my! So one of the perks of traveling with George is he's the consummate breakfast chef. Okay, now it's okay if you get the same thing every day, but it's always going to be the eggs, potatoes, onions with a G, and highly pepperized and seasoned, actually seasoned to perfection, I would say. And um, and so that's 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 one of Great things about him. There he is. And there he is giving the donuts. So we had a great time there. Todd, remind me on the eggs. Now, what what happened with the I know we've got some photos of the eggs. Uh, You're you're talking about, oh, there's, uh, what's his name? Gritty? Gritty, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you could see on my phone, I pulled up Phil, uh, Philadelphia Flyers mascot Gritty, who actually was joining us there in uh, in Cigar City, which was exciting. So the. the so there's the eggs. Hold on that one for a second. So uh, you you mentioned Whole Foods, Mo. George and I, uh, the first night we were there, after spending about six hours at Cigar City, decided to go to Whole Foods. So there was some some solid uh, shopping going on for just to pick up the essentials for the weekend. And uh, George got three dozen eggs for the for the three of us. Now that was thinking we were going to be there for a full. Three mornings. Three mornings, three breakfasts. Yeah. So a dozen eggs apiece. Uh, a dozen of each morning. We ended up getting there. We, we cut down the uh, by a day. So we only had two mornings of George's fantastic breakfast. Amazing. So that left us with, with two dozen eggs that we ate. We had a, we had a, a dozen remaining. And he was trying to get us the the dollar fifty for a dozen eggs. I said, "No, come on, we're we're living like kings here this weekend. Let's step it up a notch. Get some cage free organic. You know, get the good stuff." And that that was a bit of a mind blower for George. Uh, he he had never heard of this uh, interestingly and uniquely raised chickens. Um, so we had an extra we had an extra dozen donuts and there were donut, donuts. There were extra dozen eggs and they were good eggs. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. We, we had no extra dozen donuts. The donuts were donuts. Donuts. <laughs> yeah. The dozen donuts did not make it to the parking lot. Um, so yeah, so George brings them to the uh, airport and that led to a debate slash social experiment as to whether or not eggs qualify as liquids and you know can you get them through through security. Uh, I think it was. I think it was my wife who, who suggested the fact that they're each individually packaged under under four ounces, so we should be okay. And uh, I don't know if you had it in that Instagram post, but there was uh, there ensued a discussion with yeah. with the TSA authorities uh, between uh, them and George as to whether or not he was allowed to to yeah, bring I, those eggs on on board the plane. And, and he, he won. I, he did win. I think the deciding factor was when he explained to them, guys, these are very special cage-free, unique chicken eggs. And raised. I think the TSA agent was so taken aback that no one had taken this approach before that they just waved him through. And listen, Mo can attest. 
We've been with George when TSA has not waved him through, when in fact they have singled him out for unique treatment and brought him to the room with the rubber gloves. And Mo, you remember that in Houston? Well, I sure did. I mean, he couldn't part with that uh, cologne bottle for anything. <laughs> and, then, and then he doubled down some more. He said, I'm a real American. You can't do this to me. But uh, but in any event, this time I told him $18 a dozen. There you go. All right. Anyway, listen, let's 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 move on to our next segment. Um, anyway, it was a great time and we'll be doing it again at some point in the future, which are craft beers of the week. Uh, my first one this week is from um, is from our friends up upstate at Cooperstown Brewing Company. OK, that's not the Travelocity Gnome. This is Backyard IPA, Backyard India Pale Ale, and it's coming in at 6%. So, you know, fairly average in terms of alcohol. But this is – and you saw me drinking it before, and, and and Pat made a comment that it looks delicious. Pat, it really is good. It's it's way more balanced for an IPA than I would have expected. It's, it's you know, the, the hops are not ever present. You're getting some of that malt balance. These guys up at Cooperstown, they're uh, uh, low-key OGs in this. They've been doing this since like 1993. And um, we visited them before on trips up there. Uh, This wasn't picked up up there. This uh, I was able to get locally here. But but it's just a great, you know, standard single-strength IPA and uh, very happy to have had it. Todd, what are you drinking out there? Well, I – I started out before the before we got online here um, with something I've, I've told you, friend of the program, my next door neighbor, Mark Schlegel, and, and I um, buy beer for each other during our travels. There you go, nice glass. And uh, he brought me back something from uh, from up in Wisconsin that is called uh, what do we got here? Walloon Walloon Vitbeer. This is from Badger State Brewing, and uh, this was a. Uh, it's a whipped beer, beer brewed with spices, bright, tangy, smooth, and tart. And it was just a nice little warm up. This is 5.2% alcohol. But then, as uh, as you saw when we started things off here, fitting with the theme of today's show, I switched over to Annihilation. And there you I, go. A, I don't know if you can see on the end there. I don't want to turn it upside down for there's anything to spill. <laughs> that is a quadruple. Uh, IPA, quadruple Indian pale ale, coming in at 11.5%. Whoa. Hello. We're getting off off on the right foot there. This is from Annihilation is brewed at Anchorage Brewing Company, Anchorage, Alaska. So, I got this on on Tavor. Tavor? Tavor. 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 And it is fantastic. There's a little bit of, you know, Geiger art on uh, on the can there. It's a beautiful beautiful can and it's i can't get over how how smooth this is and uh, for being that strong of a beer you do not uh you don't taste it it's a it's a really smooth ipa and um yeah loving it good stuff i haven't heard that that terminology that quadruple ipa before uh what made you pick this one on tavor well, so I blame you for um for my tavor addiction obviously, obviously. So as I've been going on and and you know giving uh, rankings to some of my favorite beers, many of which are brewed by the Ross Brewing Company, uh, check them out in local cash and carry uh, stores in in the New York City area. Um, I got a I got an invite from uh, Untapped to join Tavor, which is a 
a, a company that uh, it's an app that puts together selected craft beers from around the country. And, um, and then you can pick which ones you want. It all goes into a box that gets shipped for a set price, no matter how many beers you have in there. And every day they're adding more and they have an incredible uh, write up for each one of them that just makes you salivate over, over what you're, what you're getting there. So this was a reco from, from Tavor that, that, uh, that sounded good. I like the, the can, uh, never, never heard of, uh, Anchorage Brewing, wanted to give it a shot. And uh, yeah, give it a big thumbs up. I've got Nick Franco who are asking, is it a regular annihilation or total annihilation? Total. I haven't, I haven't tried total. You're one-upping me. Um, this, is, this looks like regular. So we'll do that one next because this, uh, this is delicious. And I'm sure Mike is wondering, you know, is that beer created by our friend from the negative zone, Annihilus? But, uh, but we're not going to go there right now. I did not uh, think. <laughs> um, you know what? They only because you mentioned it. All right, I'm going to throw this out to everyone here on the show and uh, everyone watching. So we, we, we see we've got Nick, we've got CJ. I think I even saw Stu Greenberg check in, although we haven't had any comments from him yet. Uh, Pat, of course, was on. But when you mentioned the connection between Untapped and Tavor. So Untapped, you know, that's an app you can go on. It's a social app. You can check in if you're at a bar or brewery, if you're at home on your couch, uh, as the case may be during this quarantine, and say, this is the beer I'm drinking. You can you can post a photo of the beer, give your ratings, your thoughts on the beer. And it's a great way. You earn different badges depending on different styles or different breweries that you're, you're using. It's pretty fun. They've done a good job with it. Um, and Tavor which is the service where you got that uh, 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 annihilation from Anchorage Brewing Company, right? How else are you going to be exposed to a brewery from Alaska? So the way Tavor works is they look at untapped and any beers that have at least a 4.0 rating with at least 100 ratings, they're going to contact that brewery. So uh, right now, Ross, we've got three beers on untapped, three. We've got our Navisink IPA, we've got our Passaic Porter, and of course, we've got our Shrewsbury Lager. So I would ask all of you, if you've had the beers and you enjoy them, please go on, give us a rating. Hopefully, it'll be a four-plus rating. Uh, hopefully, we've earned that. And uh, and then hopefully, we can get on Tavor soon as well. So Ming, I'm going to flip it over to you. Uh, you're, you're, you're podcasting live from your abode there. What are you drinking first? Uh, I have, uh, courtesy of you... Uh, from our friends at the BBP, the Bradley mm-hmm. Brew Project. This is called We Play In. It is a sour ale brewed with sea salt, and uh, it is a kettle sour ale, kettle soured ale brewed with sea salt, and lactose, and then conditioned on vanilla beans, a dash of cinnamon, yeah. and freshly pureed blueberries from the Mayberry Market in Avon, New Jersey. This is amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, it was worth it trading a webcam for for this, and uh, you know I love you, you know I love sours, so thank you very much. That's it. And 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 the color on that one, it comes out like what, like a little purplish or yeah, bluish? I think so. I don't have a glass. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Oh wait, actually, <laughs> you're at home. You don't have glasses. We're gonna send yeah, we're gonna send you some glasses to your house. Okay, we got <laughs> we got a case of rocks. There you go. There you go. And John, speaking of glasses, I usually do a, a tasteful Ross Brewing glass. Uh, you left me with a with a case of them uh, when I when I headed back from the launch party, but I thought it would be appropriate to bust out the the official and now collector's item. Woo! Cigar City Brewing Hunapu's Day 2020 drinking glass for the event that never happened. 
There you go. That that, that thing is going to be a collector's item, man. Um, man. I have to teach you how to how to pour a beer. I think sweet. Oh yeah, but you, you, you do see some of that that pinkish purple hue right there. Um, it is beautiful. Yes, and, it is. Beautiful. And that's our and that's our good friends Mike and Chelsea Z over at the Bradley Brew Project. They do a great job. Um, I'm, I'm happy you were seeing them distribute more and more. You know, during this time where so many breweries and bars and restaurants and so many other businesses, podcast studios, comic book shops, the list goes on and on, are restricted in either the hours they can operate or they can't operate at all. Uh, breweries, especially where they do 70 to 80 percent of their business on site at the local tap room, uh, as might be the case with Bradley Brew Project. I'm not privy to their books, but that would be my guess. Um, if you're able to distribute, uh, that can help mitigate some of the damages that you're taking now, just like Mike said that you guys are making deliveries over at the stash. And, um, and what you're seeing is both in New York and New Jersey, the governors have actually made executive decisions to create a whole new thing where bars, restaurants, and breweries can deliver beer and spirits to customers wherever they are. Um, we're hoping that once the crisis passes, we'll be able to keep that ability. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that won't be the case. But in the meantime, uh, we're able to get some of that great, great beer uh, that Ming was just drinking. I'm just going to quickly flip ahead to the next beer. I just started drinking it right now. Uh, this is from Delirium, uh, Brewery Delirium, also known as Brewery Haiga from from Belgium. Oh, yeah. uh, we, we've had delirium, delirium Tremens before. This is the Delirium Nocturnum. This is their Belgian Dark. And um, it's literally one of my favorite beers. And, you know, I, I wind up saving these for whatever special occasion somebody's in town or it's a holiday. And listen, we're here. It's the apocalypse. Let's just enjoy what we have. Eight and a half percent. We're doing it right now. Nick, Nick Franco says, I'll drink to that. All right, so let's move on to our next topic, Ming. Um, we just were we just were doing our <clears throat> craft beers of the week, and what I want to do now is talk about our point blank picks. Point blank picks for those who are listening for the first time or watching for the first time are where each of us give you a selection of something. It could be a movie, could be a TV show, could be oh uh, here here he is. I went to go get another beer and I thought I'd bring her in and say hello. <laughs> uh, look at that little cutie. Wow. That's wow. the noodle. Amazing. Um, hey. So um what we're saying, Todd, is we're moving into point blank picks. Um, yeah, let's do it. You know, it's it's we're gonna give. In the past, it's been movies, it's been TV shows, it's been books, uh, books maybe written in portion in ancient Dutch. Uh, it's been restaurants, it's been bars, it's been uh, unique sensory experience studios. Uh, it's been all sorts of different things. So we have covered the gamut. Yeah, pe listen, people are stuck at home, and 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 I'm not blowing smoke here. People have written on the point blank page, guys. First of all, get some new episodes up because we want to be entertained. But secondly, give us some picks. So why don't we throw it out to the West Coast? Uh, some would say the best coast. And Mo, start us off. Give us a point blank pick of something that people can be maybe doing during this quarantine. Go ahead, Mo. Well, I saw this movie three days ago. It's streaming on HBO right now. It stars Danny McBride, um, Luke Wilson. Among others, uh, the name of the movie is Arizona. 
It's a dark comedy. Uh, you'll laugh and you'll be shocked at the same time. Um, it's it's set in the year 2009 when the housing bubble just completely burst. And uh, beyond that, I can't really say anything else because then I start to give away some of the movie. But go check it out. It's hysterical. You know it's going to be funny because Danny McBride is in it. Yeah, of course. In there. Right. was actually also in the movie as well. So uh, you've got a lot of good things in there. And I've never heard of it before. The name of the movie is called Arizona. 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 Check it out. It's uh, It doesn't run too long either. It's uh, I think it's just under two hours. I think it's like an hour and 47. So it's and, you said it's, and you said it's a dark... A dark comedy. It's a dark comedy. All right. So there's, it's a little gory in some places, and it's there's a lot of shock value there as well, you know. But it's uh, it's all good. Just leave the kids in a different room. All right. It's nice. a great R. But it's, it's funny. It's funny from the start, and then it shocks you, and then it makes you laugh again, and then um, you know, the ending is okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, but in our post-apocalyptic world, it's it's a. I tell you this, it, I stand by it. You'll be you'll be properly entertained. All right, my man. Hit the hit, hit the mute. Danny McBride, of course, friend of the program. We're uh, we're still working hard to try to get him on the program. It hasn't happened yet, but uh, there has been some correspondence, and we're seeing what we can do to make some magic happen. Um, People might remember him for a number of things. I choose to remember him best from his wheelchair-bound role in the movie Due Date with Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis. But I digress. Mike, you're a point-blank pick, my friend. All right, cool. I got a book for all of you. I got a book. That's smart. You do all that reading. Rikoshi. Rikoshi. Mm. It actually was uh, printed under the title The Tomb. The Tomb by F. Paul Wilson. F. Paul Wilson is a local writer. He's a, uh, a, a doctor. And um, he created a character who makes his debut in this called Repairman Jack. Okay. And read this, you'll love it. Start with Rikoshi. If you, well, this is a special print. Uh, I lost my entire F. Paul Wilson uh, collection uh, in Sandy. Shit. Oh. Uh, he heard about it from a listener on the I Sell Comics program. He brought me these. These are all his galley copies. Oh my no God. Way. Come on. Fine. Beautiful. Yeah. I've, I got an entire library. He's a very, very good man. Very good doctor, from what I understand as well. So is this and, the first in a series, Mike? Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. This is, this is amazing. Read it. And oh wow, it's damn. Um, it's called the tomb. Oh, Two hundred dollars. We'll, we'll all just borrow mics, pass it around. Anyone who wants it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know Ming is doing that already. Yeah. Uh, when you read it. Um, but it's called the tomb. You'll love it. It's amazing. It's a little bit crime noir and a little bit uh, horror. So very cool. Todd, just waiting on you, John. Yeah, Todd, go, I go can't pay it anymore. I'm up. You did a great job, Todd. Your point by pick. All right, I'm going to give a, a shout out as I crack my next one. Um, 
to a national treasure of ours, um, a gentleman by the name of Tom Cruise. Now, obviously, he's one of our one of our biggest uh, movie stars, and uh, all of his movies are, are generally at least blockbusters to some degree. Um, but I've got one that I think I don't know. We'll see how how, how, how many of you have seen it or how underrated this one is. Edge First of Tomorrow. Well, yeah, I, I did. I wrote that down. I wanted to just at least mention Edge of Tomorrow. I think within this crew and within our fandom, Edge of Tomorrow yeah. um, slash Live Die Repeat slash All You Need Is Kill is uh, is going to be on the on the watch list. But if you haven't seen that one, definitely go there. Um, Edge of Tomorrow is fantastic. It is a near perfect movie. Yep. Um, it's, a, it's a hell of a lot of fun. But this is one that went a little bit under the radar, I think, which for him is probably even still cleared $100 million. God only knows. But um, it was uh, about 10 years old. I think it was 2010. Movie by the name of Night and Day. Did any of you guys see Night and Day? Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Yes. No. Okay, so uh, I forget how I how I saw it. It just popped up once on cable or whatever. Um, it was something I think was very poorly marketed and didn't really get a sense of what it was all about or why why I would care. It just looked like a boring action movie. And it turns out it's uh, you know it's him playing a a super spy for the CIA or some offshoot thereof. Um, but it, it actually is a little bit kind of tongue in cheek with it's like makes fun of itself to a degree. And he absolutely makes fun of the kind of like superhero character that he always plays in these kinds of movies directed by James Mangold of, uh, of Logan fame, uh, and, uh, Ford V Ferrari, uh, Oscar nominated. So I think this, this is one of his earlier movies. Um, but just a hell of a lot of fun. And like I said, underrated, you don't, don't, you know, don't expect much. It's a, it's just the kind of light action thriller, um, where there's like a mix up of, you know, identities and, and who, what's going on. And he's a spy who obviously is cut off from his spy organization as often happens uh, to him. And she gets swept up into it. There's a whole international, you know, intrigue type of thing going on. But they have a lot of fun uh, with it, and and uh, he, like I said, he, he's kind of in a way making fun of the the indestructible um, characters that he's that he's played over the course of his career, and uh, it's it's a winner. I'm a big fan. So check it out, night and day. Night and day. All right, Ming Chen. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to HBO as well. Uh, if you guys have not seen McMillions, a documentary. Mm about the uh mcdonald's uh monopoly game and uh how it uh how it was actually fixed and uh the guy in charge of all the winning game pieces uh was actually stealing them and giving them out to his friends and to people other people that uh that he could control and take a cut off of so for uh just when you thought uh if you were getting frustrated that you couldn't find that elusive boardwalk piece well it's not your fault this guy was stealing them and giving them to uh people within his circle um it goes much farther than that though the mob is involved there are uh, there are some very colorful interesting characters uh six-part series i believe each episode's okay. one hour each and uh it is riveting and it is amazing and uh and uh, it's great. The uh, the FBI gets involved, and they end up taking down uh, the perpetrators behind this. And um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I, I I know I played this game. Uh, I oh, think they, they still did. do it, but uh, yeah, it was actually uh, one of the guys. Uh, he was a head of security at the marketing company who put these pieces out, and uh, he managed for years not to get caught. But uh, as we all know, gentlemen, crime doesn't pay. Does not pay. 
You know how many French fries you know, that I've bought exclusive of a meal, just large fries, yes. just to get the Monopoly piece. I mean, the number is incalculable. And it was all for naught. It was all for naught. You were never going to win that million dollars. Wow. What's up? You know, on that on that same kind of true crime, you know, this is a, it's a great pick, Ming. I've been meaning to watch this one. I've heard good things about it. But I was just reading an article in Sports Illustrated about um, a couple of, I mean, talking about crime doesn't pay, a couple of bozos that worked at the All-Star Cafe in Manhattan, in New York City, during the craze of in the 90s of Planet Hollywood and, and, and uh, all of those uh, sort of theme restaurants opening up. There was All-Star Cafe, which was a sports-themed one. Charlie Sheen donated um, a ton of his, his... He has an incredible baseball card collection, and he donated a bunch of cards to be displayed under glass. And a couple of employees there no. uh, thought it would be a good idea to, over you know, during the middle of the night, crack open the Kevlar, not Kevlar, the uh, plastic, whatever it is, case that they were in. Mylar? Mylar, maybe. Plexiglass. Um, and they, they had photocopied his Honus, original Honus Wagner oh my baseball God. card. They, photo, they took like printed out a picture of it, cut it out and slipped it in there so that they could take... And it wasn't discovered because for whatever reason, there weren't cameras on this thing. Like it was, an in, it was a simpler time and a more innocent time. Uh, CJ Cullen loves the All Star Cafe, <laughs> and and he's one of the guys who would have gotten away with it until they tried to sell what what is like I think a I don't know hundred plus thousand dollar card for like five grand to some bozo oh my God. Uh, dealer in New Jersey who who eventually you know ratted them out and I think they went back and stole a couple of other cards and went, whatever it was so it's uh it's an it's a pretty funny story and and the reason it was written up just now is because um the ringleader of all this was was just pardoned by um by president trump so uh he had been put in the petition and this is actually one of the cases where maybe it's legit the guy did some did his time his life was pretty much ruined by it he was he was an up-and-coming lawyer and whatnot and uh and now now works in the restaurant industry but uh yeah it's, it's pretty funny so there you go crime as which, you say, not which restaurant McDonald's? Because maybe that's the guy to go to, to get those. Winnings. There you go. Make millions. It all comes uh, back around. So, uh, so, so Peter's saying everyone's telling him to watch Tiger King on Netflix. Haven't seen it yet. Uh, I can guarantee yeah, that Suzanne will be watching it within the next 48 hours, Peter. I will be able to tell you there, Richard Agney tuning in. What's up everyone. Pew, pew, point blank maniacs, you know, uh, Richard, brings up a good point here, even inadvertently, is um, once we get to a double-digit number of fans, and I think we're knocking on the door, but once once we get there, we're going to have to come up with a name for our for our fans. You know, maybe they should be the ones to come up with it. You know, so the Pats and, uh, and the Stews and the Knicks and the Athenas and the CJs of the world, you know, but in any event, uh, I'm going to give my own point-blank pick right now. Uh, this is a film I'd been uh, waiting to watch for about a year. I had it on the DVR. And um, if anything, this quarantine certainly gives us the opportunity to catch up on some of these things, being that we no longer have these long commutes. So the lovely Suzanne and I, the other evening, sat down and we watched the film Blind Spotting. Now, I first became aware of Blind Spotting because it was written by and stars. Davy Diggs. Davy Diggs is an actor and rapper who originated the dual role of Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson in the original Broadway run of Hamilton. And so David, very talented man. So he wrote this movie 
and it's somewhat autobiographical, um, where um, him and his buddies are growing up in uh, Oakland, California, and uh, he just finished serving his time. And uh, and as the movie starts, he's got 12 months of probation and uh, I'm sorry, of parole. And that if he can complete the 12 months without any sort of incident, he'll be free to live his life as he wants. Until then, he needs to live in a, a group home with a structured environment where he has chores. He can't leave the city or the county. He's got all these uh, requirements. And so the, the after a, a little interlude, the movie then picks up with three days left to go in his parole. And this is not spoiling anything. What I'm about to say, this was in the trailer. He then witnesses an example of a uh, blue on black violence. He sees a, a police officer shoot an unarmed black man and he's wrestling with what does he do with this? Uh, you know, he doesn't want to jeopardize uh, in his parole. And he thinks if he comes forward, maybe the police will, 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 you know, do something to him. And uh, as serious as I'm making this sound, this is actually a comedy drama. Um, there's, it's interspersed with some very light moments. He does some, absolutely amazing raps in the film in the context of the film it makes sense and um uh like anyone who's been to or been part of a neighborhood that's been gentrified the underlying theme of the movie is how oakland is being gentrified by hipsters coming down from portland coming down from seattle and so uh there's a lot of funny moments at their expense uh, w- without equivocation i'd give this movie a, a nine five out of ten it, it just was really great. Um, you know, Sue's like, what movie are we going to watch? I said, I've got something cooked up for you, hun. And she was very happy about it. And, and those words know. always frightening to her in the Kokoza household. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, oh, and uh, Frank's saying great movie, but we don't know if he's talking about Night and Day or Blind Spot. <laughs> so, so, so in any event, that's the Point Blank Picks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. We're um, Enjoy. We're going to move on, and hopefully we've given you something to think about or something to watch, something to do, something to read during your time here in quarantine. Okay, it's time for top three. Top three apocalypse movies, movies set in a post-apocalyptic world. So whether it was by nuclear fallout or by a zombie infestation, or an alien invasion, or a scarcity of resources, or maybe it's not even said what caused it. But there are so many films in this post-apocalyptic genre that are are just great, great films. And we're going to reveal what you, the Point Blank fans, viewers, and listeners selected as your top three. But before we do that, we're going to talk to our Point Blankers right here. So why don't we throw it over to Ming Chen. Uh, What were your top three post-apocalyptic movies man. all right great topic i love this so uh um i'm gonna give three and i, I have one honorable mention i guess it's a, that's and fine, following that's with the theme even when we're that's quarantined about, about nine less honorable mentions than we usually get from mo and todd so go ahead yeah um number three uh, i gotta go with terminator 2 slash terminator 
um, the, uh, the, the uh, foretelling of the machines taking over and, uh, and initiating the end of the world, um, which could still happen. There's no, yeah. uh, uh, you know, if this virus doesn't kill us, the machines definitely will. Um, we, we know that already. Um, number two, uh, I go 28 days later. Um, okay. There's always the, de- the debate. Did Robert Kirkman come up with the, uh, the zombie? Uh, did he start the zombie craze or did 28 days later? Uh, they both came out in the same month, I believe October, 2003. So, wow. um, you but know, 20, but 28 days later had fast zombies. Yes, it did. Uh, and I, I love the fast zombies. I thought the fast, fast zombies were, were, uh, I thought they were great. Those are uh, aggressive, super fast zombies that run at you and, uh, will stop at nothing until they, uh, they infect you. Um, but uh, yeah, there's always been that debate. Uh, both of them start out with a guy who's in a coma who wakes up in the zombie apocalypse, and uh, yeah, and, you know who knows who came up with it first. So, but uh, I I I love that uh, that the the desolation of the one lone man walking alone through the streets of London or whatever city. That was uh, Killian Murphy, right? Yes, it was. And, uh, and number one uh, guy, Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> yep. Oh, Fury Road. Yeah. The, the newest entry in yeah. the Mad Max yeah. franchise. Done uh, mostly with practical I effects. I already see Mike shaking his head. All right. <laughs> um, and then uh, I will mention, uh, I got to give it up for The Matrix. The Matrix, uh, the <sighs> real world was uh, was an apocalypse. Uh, they uh, they darkened the skies so the, uh, the machines would lose solar power. And, and and then they had to turn to human energy, but uh, that's uh, only one, only one, uh, only only one honorable mention, my friends. Those are not, my top three. Not too bad, not too bad. By the way, I want to give it up to our main man Gary McRae tuning in. He wants to know how's the quarantine, Gary. That was a previous segment, buddy. Okay, we're uh, going to uh, we're going to. And by the way, Peter's giving history, and it is the Road Warrior, Twelve Monkeys, and I Am Legend. Um, and and we'll hear from all those movies later, Mike. Let's turn it over to you. Your top three movies set after the apocalypse. Thank you, John. I'm going to give you my my uh, two honorable mentions first. So I'm going to go with Night of the Living Dead. Ooh, okay. It was it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. The original, the black and white. Uh, it was scared it, the bejesus it, out of me when I was a kid. I was seven years old when I saw this. I had horrible parents. So um, <laughs> set the stage for, um, and my second is Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Shaun of the Dead, great movie. Um, I loved how practical they were. They used whatever resources they had on hand. Uh, ABBA Records, Queen, Cricket Bats. You got to love it. Now for my top three. Number three, Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. Snake Plissken. Awesome. One of the great characters of all time. Absolutely. Um, I don't I don't think I have to say too much about that movie. Um, Zombieland coming in at number two. Ah, okay. Again, That's a mile from Mo on that one. Again, with the fast moving zombies. Um, Ming, I like them here rather than in 28 Days Later. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. Best use of Bill Murray in any film since Caddyshack. <laughs> Whoa. That, that's a bold statement. A bold statement. Wow. And my number one 
And I doubt it's going to be on, even on um, the fan list, the, the, the listeners radar. But it was The Last Man on Earth starring Vincent Price. And, 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 that, and that's, a, that's an Italian production, correct? It was based on a st- based on the screenplay by um, Richard Matheson. Mm. Richard Matheson, who wrote "I Am Legend," yeah, I, but I, they changed it up. Yeah, it's, and yes, I think you're right. I think it's an Italian Italian movie. And I think there were well, we're gonna we'll get to some specifics in a minute, but right between Last Man on Earth, which I by the way, you're not alone, Mike. There were like one or two other votes for that. Okay. And, and some of the other iterations of that story, which we're going to hear right. from here, uh, if we were to sum them together, they might be number one. But in any event, great selection. Let's throw it out to the West Coast. Let's see what Mo's thinking on his top three post-apocalyptic movies. Go for it, Mo. All right. So I actually like the format that uh, came before me, so I'll, I'll throw out my honorable mentions first. <laughs> uh, just two of them this week. Um, so the first one is Idiocracy, which, uh, which is a funny, funny movie, but it's turned out to be more of a, a documentary now, right? <laughs> and then the uh, the second one, it was actually a TV movie. I don't know if you guys would remember this. It, it actually uh, aired in the 80s. It's called The Day After. Hmm. Oh, my God. That was a huge event when it came out. That was the first time. And I was, a, I was a kid back then. That was the first time. It just it kept me awake all night because that's the first time you actually saw what a nuclear bomb would do right here in America. It, just, it was just absolutely crazy. So seeing it through the eyes of, a, I think, a, a 10 or 11-year-old at the time, it was, a, you know, it stuck with me. So here are my top three. A couple of these were already mentioned, which was, which was fantastic, you know, considering, uh, you know, the company I'm, I'm with. Uh, First one is Zombieland. Oh, yeah, had to be on your list. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of my favorites. I actually, I I love the two equally. If you could, if you could uh, believe that. Uh, number two, a uh, close personal friend of mine soon uh, is uh, I Am Legend, starring Will Smith. Okay. Yeah, so it's a fantastic movie. And the third one, uh, Shaun of the Dead. I'm a huge Simon Pegg fan, and. Uh, it's really, really done well. Hey, listen, uh, your your picks are very, very prescient. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm also going to say you're not alone with the day after. Gary McRae, who just tuned in, he also picked the day after for his top three. So uh, I remember watching it. You know where I watched that? In school at PS29, Staten Island, New York. They made us watch that. I, I thought I, I, I cried for days. I can't believe they made us watch that. But yes, great pick by you, Mo. Wow. Questionable. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's from the guy with bad parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not coming, yeah, exactly. Coming from the guy with bad parents. Even Todd, I'm saying that's horrible. We're going to throw it up to you, Todd. Go for it. All right, man. Um, first, can I do an interlude on my beer? You want to hold off on that? You already hit your third. I didn't go there yet. Uh, I think I only did two, but whatever you want, man. You know the only rule. There's no rules. There are no rules. I'm going to do a quick we'll, – we'll sneak this one in. This one is another another Tavor pick. This is uh, from the Copper Kettle Brewing Company in Denver. I thought it would be appropriate for, uh, for what we're going through right now. It's called Snowed In. Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, this. listen to this. This is an oatmeal stout 
ale aged in bourbon barrels with maple syrup. It is it is inky black. It pours out like thick maple syrup. Uh, we're clocking in at uh, 12.5% Wow! on this bad boy. This is salted maple fudge, chocolate chip, pancakes, candied bacon, and camembert cheese. I think that's what they're saying you could drink it with. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, it, it is uh, brewed with real maple syrup. It's sweet. It's smooth. It is knocking me on my ass. So, if I slowly start to slide down into my chair, you will, you will know why. But this is... They say it's it's meant to be um, meant to be enjoyed by the fireplace on a relaxed morning when work is optional and the snow is falling. So I thought, as we're all trapped in our houses, mm-hmm. why not uh, have a little snowed in uh, from Copper Kettle? So yeah, big thumbs up. I've never heard of these guys. As I said, Tavor introducing me to, to delightful beers from around the world, and this one's fucking delicious. There you go. Cheers. So with Great. that. My top three. Uh, a lot of these have been hit already. I want to give a call, a shout out. Uh, so my trade secret and admission here, conf- or, uh, confession. My usual mo is to scour the comments and figure out what's what you know some shout outs of what people are saying, and then that refreshes my memory of things that I want to I want to I want to hit in terms of my top three. I did not do that here, so these are from my brain. So I want to give honorable yeah. mentions to ones that have been have been mentioned. Ming, The Matrix. Amazing call. That is on my short list of perfect movies. I mean, the sequels have their issues, but The Matrix is flawless. It does not have a wasted minute or second in that film. Um, and I, I didn't think of it as an apocalypse movie, but you're absolutely right. I think it fits. And so, uh, that one's on there. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Peter Riario. I don't know who that is. Is that a friend of any of yours? But, uh, yeah, he's uh, been into podcasts a few times. Fantastic. Yes. He's uh yeah, I mean, he's. He, I'm lined up with him on a couple of picks, but he he shouted out Twelve Monkeys. I love that movie. The People's uh, Champion. And uh, and my wife's pick, uh, which is one I didn't think of, and I think I think Mike mentioned it is uh, is Shaun of the Dead. Some one of you guys did Shaun of the Dead. Uh, yeah, Jeannie said that. Yeah, practical effects. Um, Simon Pegg, you know, among the 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 uh, Toretto. What's the name of the ice cream trilogy? Cornetto. Um, Tornado. There you go. Uh, great movie. And so that, those are my, my honorables. My, in terms of my, my top three, what I had is one and two have already been nailed. So I had number one as Terminator two. Mm-hmm. Ming had that one on the list. That is, it's an, just a, an incredible movie. Uh, it blew me away uh, along with everyone else when it hit the theaters. And uh, yeah, there I, you go. I, I think we saw that together like three times in the first two days it was out. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, and what's incredible about that movie? I, th- I feel like we might have talked about this on another pod recently, but is the fact that that was made what at this point twenty years ago? Twenty five? I, I don't even know. I came out in ninety two. What the first one? Oh, yeah, Terminator, Terminator two. 2. Terminator two came out in. Yeah, it must have been 92. That's 28 years ago. 28 years ago. So the first one, Terminator, great movie, great, you know, uh, just kind of raw mm-hmm. and real and like Ar- Arnold's uh, breakthrough, whatever. But T2, the special effects in that were mind blowing at the time. Still hold and up? As with Jurassic Park, which came out around that same time, and I also saw with you, John, on opening night twice, back to back, we yeah. saw it. We left the theater and we walked into another screening and watched it again. Uh, those movies hold up. 
They hold. I mean, the the, the effects are ooh, still hold up. 90, 91. Look at that. There you go. Okay, sorry. That was my number one. I had number two. There's a lot of love I'm seeing for the Mad Max movies, and I know yeah. Mike, Mike's old school. For whatever reason, I kind of missed the boat on the original Mad Maxes, uh, mm. but Mad Max Fury Road, I'm with Ming on that one. It, it kicks ass. It is an hour and a half, two hours of just heavy metal, All the, the plot of which is drive across the desert and drive back. Uh, is is pretty much spoiler alert. That's all that's happening, but it it's it fucking rocks. So that's uh that's my number two and number three I, hasn't been mentioned here. I don't know if, how much it's been it's gotten love, but I'll throw it out to um South Korean director Bong Joon Ho, Oscar nominated. Uh, here we go. For a little Snowpiercer, Chris Evans, wow. uh, bearded up, um, Tilda Swinton, Ed Harris, great movie. Um, Jamie Bell, incredible action. And concept while, you know, commentary on, uh, on, on life and social issues. So there you go. I, I like the uh, Snowpiercer's number three. Excellent. Great picks. Um, really, really good. I uh, enjoy all those movies. I'm going to give you mine. And I think if I've been paying attention, I don't know if this is possible. I think all three of mine have not been mentioned. Feel free to correct me, guys. Jump, jump right down my throat. My number three. Reign of Fire, Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. The apocalypse in this case was brought about by dragons. The movie is amazing. I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's in that echelon of movies for me, along with The Hunt for Red October, along with Friday Night Lights, along with Yesmo, The Shawshank Redemption. If I'm flipping through the channels and this movie's on, I watch it from that point straight through to the end. Reign of Fire. Uh, McConaughey is just raw power and aggression. And uh, Christian Bale is is a little bit of a counterpoint to that. And it's about how these dragons take over the world and, uh, and what humanity must do to claw back from that. Very, very great effects. Movie's got to be at least 10 years old now. Anyway, that's Reign of Fire. That's my number three. My number two, a movie set in the near post-apocalyptic future. And this is Children of Men. Oh, that's a good pick. Children of Men with Clive Owen. Um, Those of us who have seen 1917 can understand and appreciate the conceit of the movie that it's filmed, as was Birdman, with the illusion that the entire movie is in one continuous shot. In Children of Men... Uh, there they have a continuing shot that yeah that was 1970. But in Children of Men, there is a scene, um, and it's a good 12 minute scene, an action scene involving practical Incredible. effects that is all done in one take, in one shot, and uh, it, it's just very 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 gritty movie, um, grim, but with a spark of optimism, and uh, I think this might be Clive Owen's finest film. Uh, that's my number two. Good call. Thank you for so much. Uh, you didn't say that for Rain of Fire. My number one. Rain of Fire. Standing at 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. By the way, former spokesman for, uh, for Lancome. Oh, nice. Good to, good to know. Okay. Uh, my number one post-apocalyptic movie is largely a film that takes place with two actors. Uh, so they're asked to carry a lot of the load 
accordingly. And um, <clears throat> that movie is The Road. The Road. Movie mm. came out just about, I would guess, 10 years ago. Uh, Vigo Mortensen is in the lead. Cody Smith-McPhee uh, is the other actor. Uh, they play a father and son. They remain unnamed throughout the film. Just the man and the boy. And um, what caused the apocalypse is never mentioned. It's really a road trip with these two. And um, for any of us that have had a son... For any of us that imagine ever having a child, um, this movie just punches you right in the gut and doesn't let up. It is brilliant. It's based on the book by Cormac McCarthy, the same name, The Road. And um, it's one of... (laughs) Thank you. We'll get to to that in a different podcast. In this case, I did not. but uh, but it did cause me to go back and read the book. Um, I tried to read the book, John, and I could not get through it because his, his prose. Son, yeah, my uh, son was three. My oldest, uh, my son yeah. Mitch, he was three years old, and when they were fighting we over the fire, chocolate, yeah, I started the ball and I put it down. My sister only gave it to me for Christmas. I'm like, I can't read this. Well, go back and revisit it now. I mean, the book is. Great. I don't know. But uh, but the movie to me in this specific case, because of the acting, because of the uh, the, the, the direction and the cinematography, it, it's it's a director that I don't know other than from this movie. His name's John Hillcoat, and I don't know anything else that he's done. I can't tell you another movie he's done. But the movie was great. And um, anyway, that's my number one post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, so for me, it's Reign of Fire, Children of Men. And it's the road. So, uh, thank you. So let's get, uh, let's go ahead and bring up, if you give me a second here, the point blank fan, viewer, listener vote. We posted this yesterday. Maybe it's because there's a lot of people home during this quarantine with nothing more to do than I answer our point blank top three inquiries. But we got a tremendous amount of responses on the point blank Facebook page, on my own page. Mike shared it out on his page. Uh, we're in a couple of groups, the essential guy talk group, another group, the bad husband material group. And then <coughs> we even got uh, uh, responses on the, on the point blank Instagram page at point blank pod, point blank pod. So uh, you total it all together. You're getting over 500 responses. So great response. I'm going to take you through the top 10 uh, on our way to the top three. Johnny, in your, in your excitement, you knocked your camera up a little high. If you want to. Oh, so sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Arms nice. are flailing. There we are. I'm very, I'm very excited about the choices that the fans came up with. Uh, actually, before I get to the fan vote, I'm going to mention two things that I'm shocked did not come up more in the fan vote. Okay, Ming mentioned the Matrix. Matrix got very little in love in this poll. With over 500 vote cast, Matrix got less than three votes. So. I think it's just not thought of as an apocalypse movie. I mean, it is truly about the end of days and, and how we deal with it, but it's not really... No. I don't know. I, I, I know it's one of my favorite movies. I didn't think of it at all, so there you go. And 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 the other thing, too, is the, the other one that surprised me is the Terminator franchise. Now, because... Yeah. Almost all of it takes place in the current day. Right. 
People probably don't think of them as post-apocalyptic movies. Obviously, everything post-Judgment Day is post-apocalyptic. I think the only movie that's fully set in that period is a Terminator Salvation, which uh, was pretty poorly reviewed. I happen to like it. But uh, but in any event, uh, so those two surprised me. They didn't get a lot of love. Uh, we did have uh, a, a voter, Danielle Kaufness, and uh, and her vote, she only voted for one in her top three, and it was the Sasha Baron Cohen vehicle, the Brothers Grimsby. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I saw this film. It's got to be last night standing on the list. I saw the film with Mo. Remember, uh, go ahead, Mo. Tell, tell us about it. It's just it, it, when you talk about raw type of uh, shock value, there's there's nothing better than seeing somebody coming out of an elephant's butt, and for good reason. Right, right, right. <laughs> or or some, those, those scenes will live with you, with li- will live with you forever. And uh, and Donald Trump is in the movie as well. So yeah, he plays, uh, plays himself. Yeah, uh, unwittingly. Uh, uh, during the climax of the film, and, and believe me, this is not a spoiler. Nobody will watch this movie. But, um, you know, a bit of AIDS-infected blood is shot across a stadium and lands in Donald Trump's eye. So uh, I don't know how it qualifies as a post-apocalyptic movie. But anyway, that was Danielle's movie. So, uh, so here's the, here's the fan votes. Okay. So before we get to our top three, let's just do a nice countdown from the top 10 because there's so many great movies and so many that don't even make this list. Uh, coming in at number 10 is a movie that I ranked number one. Uh, coming in at number 10 is The Road. Coming in at number nine, I believe this was Todd's number three, Snowpiercer. Coming in at number eight, did any of us say this movie? 12 Monkeys. Remember, yeah. Brad? Peter, Peter Riario had it in the list. I, I gave it an honorable mention. Yeah, it's all over the comment board, man. Yeah, okay. So that came in at number eight. Uh, coming in at number seven is uh, that modern entry to the Mad Max franchise, and that is Mad Max Fury Road, coming in at number seven. Coming in at number six, we have a tie. We have a tie for number six. Zombieland. And Planet of the Apes. Okay, wow. so I just aggregated all of the Planet of the Apes, uh, you know, whether – oh, not, not that anyone voted for the Tim Burton version anyway, but um, but whether it was for the original one or maybe for – there were a few votes for some of the more recent trilogy of films, which are excellent. Um, and the only uh, – you know, the character is Andy Serkis' Caesar appears in all three. None of the human actors do. But anyway – Planet of the Apes coming in tied at number six with Zombieland. Coming in at number five, I mentioned Escape from New York. All right, Snake Plissken. Uh, nobody's mentioning Escape from L.A., but that's okay. <laughs> coming in at number four, Children of Men. Children of Men in number four. It's a winner. And, and now we have our top three. Okay, our top three coming in. In third place, tied with 29 votes apiece. Shaun of the Dead, yes. written and directed by Simon Pegg, and a movie that none of us mentioned, The Book of Eli with Denzel Washington. Okay. I'm kicking myself, I'm kicking myself right now. It was definitely an honorable mention. Fantastic movie. Okay. All right. I had a huge problem with the fact that, that a 
uh, Braille Bible that size would have been like 19 volumes. So there's no way he's just wandering around with 19 volumes under his arms. Well, listen, I guess we can spoil a movie that's over 15 or 10 years old, but I'll I will, spoil it if it was out yesterday, John. I, I, wanted, out at least I always wanted to go back and watch it and see from the beginning, is it filmed in such a way to make his blindness believable? And uh, yeah. here's the good news. I've never done it. So anyway, that's our- <laughs> You've never been that bored. That's it. That's our number three. Coming in at number two. And I don't think any one of us mentioned this film as well. And this could be part of the recency bias, or as I like to call it, the Will Smith bias. Coming in at number two, I Am Legend. Yeah. Oh, you did? I'm sorry. I'm always legend. Take my hat off to you. Maybe it's because of all the footage of New York City being virtually abandoned right now. And that obviously when they filmed this movie, what they had to go through in New York to film it. They could have been filming it right now at no expense. But in any event, uh, I Am Legend comes in at number two. There were a few votes, as I mentioned, for The Last Man on Earth. There were a few votes for the first time it was filmed with Charlton Heston, right? Was this uh, uh, the Omega Man? Omega Man was second. Uh, What was the first? Was the last man on earth with Vincent Price? Then, then, then that's right. Then Omega Man, and then of course uh, Will Smith. And then the number one movie, number one post-apocalyptic film. I had to do a little bit of judgment here in how I was going to tabulate these votes because there were a couple of votes. I am aggregating them. I'm counting it together. We're going to call it the original Mad Max. All right. Uh, there were some votes for Mad Max, some for the Road Warrior. There was even one vote for Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> but uh, we all we cannot yeah. keep Tina Turner off of our message boards, no matter how hard we try. We, we can't. Oh, oh, by the way, cousin Frank going crazy. He says, "No way, Omega Man was far better than I Am Legend." Frank, I don't make the votes. I just tabulate them. I don't know what to tell Frank, you. You're absolutely right. But I do think the fans got it right. With Mad Max, it wasn't my number one, but I can see that earning the spot as a number one uh, uh, post-apocalyptic movie of all time. As always, if you guys disagree, feel free. Drop us a line for mail call, point blank at rossbrewing.com, point blank at rossbrewing.com. Tell us why we got it wrong. Tell us why the fans, viewers, and listeners got it wrong. Um, if you had been a little bit earlier, you could have been counted. But in any event, that is top three, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey John, can I just throw in a, a uh, belated um, point blank pick on you mentioned I am legend and in, in like seeing New York City overtaken by by nature. I want to throw out an excellent book called The World Without Us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you read that? I did read it. And then, and then there was a special, uh, might've been on PBS or, or Nat Geo about it as well. So yeah, this was, uh, this was from 2008. So 12 years ago, this book was written basically describing in incredible detail. Yes. System by system, what would happen around the world if humanity for whatever reason disappeared and nature took back over and how that would impact the water system and, and the skyscrapers and, and everything else. And it, and it it's really just an incredible uh, breakdown of the impact of, of uh, it's sort of like the impact that we have in reverse. What would happen as all of that was reclaimed by nature, the world without us. Check it out. And it, and it doesn't take long 
for nature to reclaim almost everything that we've built shy of the, uh, the pyramids and maybe the great wall. Um, but there are some things, you know, in terms of like nuclear reactors and what have you, where uh, when man goes away, there could be some problems. Yeah, I saw that special on Nat Geo first. Uh, then they said it was based on the book. And so then I went back and I got the book. Great, great pick there. Um, the World Without Us. Okay, so let's move into a new segment. We've never done this before. And none of you know what this is. And this new segment is called Older or Younger? Older or Younger. There you go, Ming. Older or Younger. Oh. So, so I'd like this to be a recurring segment. Here's how it's going to work. We're going to mention a few celebrities, well-known people, maybe some not so well-known, who have birthdays this week. And then we're going to ask you guys, older or younger than a number that I'm going to give you. So to, to start it off, let me give you an example. Okay. This week, famed Broadway composer Stephen Sondheim celebrated a birthday. Stephen Sondheim. I mean, where, where where do you begin? He got started with West Side Story. You know, you can look at uh, Into the Woods. Um, and Mohammed, stop cheating. I see you. Oh, stop my God. Cheating. He's literally Googling right now. Right now. It's reflected on his shiny skin. Okay. So, Stephen Sondheim celebrated a wow. long career. Is Stephen Sondheim older or younger than 88 years old. 88. Shit. I, as you were talking, I had 72 pegged in my head. Okay. So that sounds like a younger Mo. Mo's giving a younger. Any other votes? Mike Ming? Younger. I got to go younger as well. Is that a clean sweep? I think I must have fixed a number. Richard, Richard Angney coming in at older. I think he's he, well, he guess- wisely does not trust the opinions of the, the four of us. So Richard Agney applying the sound logic that we do to George's sports picks of reverse his picks, mm-hmm. and you're sure to win. Richard won. Stephen Sondheim turned 90 this week. Oh, 90, wow. 90 years old. That is correct, my friend. All right, let's move on to our next celebrity. Okay. Um, Peter Riera, I am using Bing to get answers. So be a little bit behind the curve. I think he won't, he won't be able to get those until after we've already chosen. You may know this guy as, as one of the best sketch comedians in recent days. Uh, David tell, I'm sorry. Hey, Dave Chappelle just says he's one of the guys that stole my shtick, but of course he's become a, a very acclaimed director. And I'm talking about, uh, oh, no, I'm not talking about Jordan Peele. I'm talking about Keegan-Michael Key. Keegan-Michael Key, not an acclaimed director, although he might choose to become one at some point, but certainly very fun. You know, starting with Mad TV, going on to Key and Peele. Keegan-Michael Key. Think about it. Older or younger than 51? Keegan-Michael I was guessing he was in his 40s, so I have to say younger again. Okay. I had I had 45. So, yeah, I'm going to go younger. I'm going to go younger than 51. Uh, I'll go older then. Okay. Um, there's a saying, and none of us on this program are allowed to say it, but it goes something like black don't crack. And so keeping that in mind, I was hoping you would all go older. But Keegan Michael Key turns 49 years old this oh. week. 49 years old. All right. Listen, people want to know what's going on with the coronavirus. They want to know what's going on with the president. They're tuning into CNN and the, 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 the reporter emeritus there, Wolf Blitzer. Now, guys, think about when you first 
Okay. Became aware of Wolf Blitzer. What, what was going, going on in the world? So, Wolf Blitzer, older or younger than 75, Wolf Blitzer. I didn't right. peg his early 60s and he looked horrible as a, as a person in his early 60s. So I got to go lower than 75. Okay, so yeah. understanding the first time you probably during the Gulf War 30 years ago, you thought he was like 31 then. All right, that's that's most pick. It's valid. All right, go ahead. As you were, as you were talking, you know, I come up with the, the what I've got in my head. I I had him at seventy one, seventy two. Nice, well done. Okay, so what is that? That would put it younger than what you said, but that makes me nervous. Mm. So I'm going to go older. I'm going to go older. One younger, one older. Michael, I'm going to go with Todd. I have to go a little bit older because I'm thinking seventy, yeah, seventy three, seventy four. But I don't trust that mm. one or two years. So. Okay. Ming, anything. Uh, I'm going to go older as well. Uh, just slightly. I'm going to say 70, right right on the cusp, 76. Shit. Okay. If you remember Passenger 57, they said, Always oh, on black. and Moe's wearing black. Wolf Blitzer is 72 years old this week. He is younger than 75. You nailed it. Moe's the only one that got it right. All right. We got two more, guys. Older or younger? Older or younger? Older. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do... Talking about all of us. Probably the most cerebral and erudite of the sportscasters that we know, NBC's legend Bob oh, Costas. Oh, sorry. Bob Costas, older or younger than 65. Bob Costas. <laughs> I literally, as you said his name, I thought 65. This so is what I'm aiming to do. This is what I'm aiming to do. He's older. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm hearing Mo. Go ahead, Mo. Oh, go ahead. So I definitely think he's older. He's been around forever. I mean, you just uh, you just had Wolf Blitzer, and, and uh, Passes has been on forever, and I think uh, he's clearly pushing seventy. Okay. Anyone else? And he was older. also by Vladimir Putin when um, the Olympics were in Russia. That's that's true. I, All um, right, I gotta go older as well. I know. I think he was he was doing a speech. I think at, in Cooperstown, saying how he used to carry a Mickey Mantle baseball card in his wallet. Now I don't know if he got that as a kid, but I'll say yes. So that would put him older than sixty five. Okay, and Todd, I hit like I said, I hit that one on the button for your pick. So well done. At sixty five, Pete Pete Riario, Gary McRae, Nick Franco, all going older. As with the crew here, I'm going to go younger. Okay, I see CJ Cohen said younger as well. Uh, so CJ and Todd are the only two who got it wrong because he is 68. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> They're 68 years old. Well Bob played. Oh, Frank, Frank Tisolano, Tis as you said it, coming in at older. Well done, Frank. Good job, cousin Frank. All right, All right guys. Frank? I swear to God, Frank should be a pitch man. He's got he's got a great face for pitching. <laughs> That's it. You can see himself as a flex seal. All right. Hell yeah. Um, I was going to do just one more, but you know what? We're going to do two more. I'm going to save the best for last. 
And um, and I'm going to give you Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Let me rock you. The singer. Is Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, who's celebrating a birthday this week, is Shaka Khan older or younger than 70? Mm. Older. Older. Okay, hold on. So have, I, heard, I heard Mo say older. <laughs> and then did I hear anyone else? Mike said older. Mike said older. You said her name and 72 popped into my head, so I'm going to have to go older. Okay, we got older, older, older. Frank and Susie Coco. I'll go older as well. Okay, this is a clean sweep here. Clean Everyone sweep. said older. I guess I didn't set the age uh, right. However, Shaka Khan is 67, folks. Frank says, Frank says way older. CJ Collins, Gary McRae, Frank Peter Riario, everyone except for Maria Elizabeth going younger. Well, she's older. the only one that got it right. <laughs> All right. Here we on, go. Let me rock you. All right. I don't know how long I can keep this going and saying there's only two more. Here we go. Cousin Christopher, a.k.a. Michael Imperioli of The Sopranos, a.k.a. Spider from Goodfellas. Michael Imperioli. I'm going to make this hard, folks. Older or younger than 53? Hmm. Let me ask you this: Is it is there is uh, having a push an option here? <laughs> I did that already. You gotta push that. You ever say like you know? Well, let me, let me, I'll put it this way: the numbers are selected to avoid the possibility. He's older. Okay, younger. We got one older. One younger. I'm going younger. Two younger, one older. I had 48, 49. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm gonna go slightly younger as well. Right, uh, right before fifty three. Yeah, he's got to be younger. Okay, we've got three votes for younger, one for older. Who said older? By the way, who is that older? It's Mo. Guys, Mo obviously is the guy to follow today because Michael Imperioli is 54 years old. This fuck out of here. 54. <laughs> God, this, this game sucks. All right. Here's the last one. And then last one. We've been on the last one for four people now. I'm keeping, sure, my, keeping my promise. Okay. Now, some of, you, some of you might know this one right off the bat. And if so, God bless you. Okay. But I'm going to say and this is going to be the hardest one. Captain James Tiberius Kirk himself, William Shatner, this week is celebrating a birthday. Is he older or younger than 88 years old? William Shatner, older or younger than 88 years old? Say again, Mo? I think Stu mentioned him on his, uh, on his page. I think he said he was 89. Or 90. So I'm, I'm saying, I'm thinking he's older. Because right, it's older or younger than 89. 88, he said. Okay. Uh, I'm saying 88. I'm saying older than 88. Older, okay, fine. Older than 88. Oh, man. As you said it, I, I guessed in my head 84. 
but my head is terrible at this game. I'm going to go high. I'm going to go older. Okay. I, uh, I'm going to go younger. I, I seem to think, uh, I think we met him in 2015. I think he was 81. So nope. was 86. That's, not, that's, that's Mike cheating. shaking his allowed, head, though. You're not allowed to meet people. Mike shaking his head, though, but I'm going to go younger. Marie Elizabeth and Susie Coco both going older, so I'm feeling better about my pick. Well, not Susie's saying oodler. So to be fair, yeah, she's not saying older; she's saying he's oodler. And uh, he was just at the Basie doing his one man show, and his hair looked great, and he looked very vital. Sends it out every day. But the truth is, a chance that's his hair. He is older than 88. He turned 89. Wow! So fucking right. Anyway, guys, that's. That's been older or younger. Fun time had by all. Uh, None. Can- I love it. It's great. I love it. <laughs> hey, guys. I find it to be adequate. This is not the only new segment we're going to do- debut tonight. We're going to debut a segment called the Moly Web Game. Oh, we're, st- we're keeping, we're still going. I thought you blew that out of the water at two hours. No, man. Listen, the- people are clamoring for content. I, I in two, in two and a half years of doing Point Blank, the inbox has never blown up like this. We've and, been on for two and a half years. Holy and, crap! Hey, yeah, sure. Older or younger, two and a half. The Point Blank podcast. Um, so let's say we did all of eighteen. All this of, episode. We've we've done two out two 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 years and three months. So in any event. Todd, take us through the Moly Web game. Okay, I'll try to keep this short. Moly Web game, very, very simple, similar. You may have seen the Newlywed game back in the day. The point of that game was to take two Newlyweds and try to figure out how much they knew about one another. The point of this game is to figure out how much we know about Muhammad Youssef. Or better yet, how much we can predict how well Muhammad will answer these questions that we have in front of us. Mo is, has been known once or twice over the course of the 20 or 30 or so podcasts that we've done. I think there's been one or two, maybe three Mohammed mangles here and there. So what we're going to do is we're going to try and basically make a game against those mangles. So here's what, here's, here's how this is going to work. I've got a series of questions. I've got, I've got about eight questions here. What we're going to need to do, Muhammad, I'm going to ask you if you would so uh, play along here, unplug, I mean, Jesus, with the AV questions we've had tonight, <laughs> this may this may ruin the whole game, but I need you to just un- unplug your audio for a couple of minutes while we discuss amongst ourselves a series of questions and the, re- the four of us are going to project what you are going to answer to these questions. So I've got eight questions. We're going to pick how Mo is going to answer, and then we're going to score ourselves whether or not he gets these one way or another. There's no wrong answers, Mo. It's just whatever's in your in your beautiful mind. Can I ask a technical question? Yeah. How, do, how does Mo know when to come back on? Give him a signal. Well, come we got to give a him signal. a signal. Now, I was going to say I'll hold something up or whatever, but... <laughs> but but Ming, Mo, he's not watching the screen. Mo, watch the screen. Mo, you're allowed to absolutely keep watching. Uh, you you uh, oh, will not gonna give anything audio. away. We're not going to give right down in the comments. Ah, uh, okay. There we go. All What'd right. What you good. say? He he said write it in the comments and he'll come back on. Oh, all right. Fair enough. There you go. We're living in the future, folks. Just keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, keep an eye on the screen. Write it in the comments. 
We'll bring you back on. So, Mo, please. Todd, can Mo use this time to go run across the street, buy some proper headphones to alleviate the audio issues he's been having for their I don't think he can. He's only got the Whole Foods across the street, and they're only operating at 30% power. That's true. That's true. All right, Todd, take it away. All right. Are we, are, Mo, give us a thumbs up if we're clear. Whoops, I lost my audio. I lost my video. Hold on. He can't hear us. He can't give us a thumbs up. Yeah. He can't hear I think he's, he's good. He's off. He's already out. Okay, he's good. Off. All right, here we go. Uh, I, I've got a I've got a list here. I'll take note of your answers. I've got I've got eight questions and I've got room for two more if you guys want to throw any in after you hear mine. But uh, real quick, let's just go through my my uh, eight questions. Now I want to get everyone's answer on number one. Which is Moe's favorite Iron Man movie? Ooh. What do you got, John? I would have to say it's going to be the only Iron Man he's ever seen, which is Iron Man 1. Very good. Mike? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Iron Man 1. 1. Okay. Ming? I'll, uh, I'll concur with that. The first Iron Man. Oh, you're a bunch of pussies. All right. Yeah. I'm going for... I'm going... I'm going to mix it up. I'm going to go 3. Why not? Well, so right. But if you had asked me, mine definitely goes against the grain. I'm Iron Man 2, but go ahead. <laughs> Do you want to change your answer? No, no, no. I'm saying I love Mickey Rourke. I don't think Mo's ever seen. Oh, if you have you have your opinion, I get yeah, exactly. Okay. exactly. All right, go ahead. Very good. All right, number two. <laughs> we'll bang through these real quick. What is uh? What is Muhammad's favorite Star Wars movie? You have eleven choices here. Mm-hmm. Muhammad's favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. John, there's no way he's seen eleven of them. Uh, at most, he's seen three. Um, and he would have a, a heavy recency bias. So I would say. I would say Rogue One. Rogue One, interesting. I should have said before we started this. Please feel free to play home, play play yourselves at home. Write yeah. your own answers down on a piece of paper. You can play along when when Mo gives us his answers. Ming, what do you got? Favorite uh, Star Wars movie? I'm gonna guess Solo, the one that nobody likes. There you go, Ming. That's a great pick, Ming. Oh, that is that's a good a one. You started with original nine movies. I love it. Mike, what do you got? I'm going to say Solo as well. You guys wow. are good. You guys are good. All right. I'm going, uh, I'm going Jedi, Return of the Jedi. Okay. Now, Nick says I'm going to fifth, but does that mean episode five or the fifth chronologically, <laughs> which is Attack of the Clones? Hey, listen. I, I, <laughs> I All think right. Nick says that Mo's going to take the fifth. <laughs> Next question. Next question. How many episodes of The Simpsons has Muhammad seen? The answers are more than 10, 1 to 10, or 0. I'm gonna s- go ahead, John. No, no, I got to think. <sighs> I'm going to say he's never seen a Simpson. All right. So Mike's saying 0. I'll guess one to ten. He's got to see at least one of them somewhere. Getting shot one to ten, Johnny. One to ten just seems like it has to be right, but I, I want to shake it up. I'm going to go with zero, just like Mike. Hold they, you know what they say? You want to be like Mike? Ah. Ten. Johnny says one to ten. No, Johnny said zero. Oh, John said you said zero, John. Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go one to ten as well. Let me put that in here. One to ten. Okay, cool. Number four. Does Mo prefer? This is something that I actually heard on the old uh, newlywed game, so I got to throw it in here. Does Mo prefer? <laughs> does Mo prefer his toilet paper to unspool over the top or from underneath? Well, is he a mutant? It has to be over the top. I mean, 
Come on. Hey, man, you never know. People have different tastes. Mike? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go uh, from the bottom. He's, he's a bachelor. He, he's go. never had a woman say, you got to go over the top. I like it. So he's a bachelor now. He's doing it the way he wants to. I mean, and he's, that, yes, I a mattress bag down he's, there. He's I'm, had, I'm in the He's had women say that, but just not in the toilet paper context. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, just, wow. just like Sylvester Stallone, he goes over the top. Uh, you can use that joke. You got me. I'm going the same over the top. All right. Number five. Uh, who is Muhammad's favorite Avenger? Oh, Hulk. It's Hulk. Come on. It's got to be Hulk. I'm going to say Black Widow. <laughs> All right, Mike. <laughs> and I will guess Captain America. Okay, Captain America. Uh, that, that's good, Mike. We've got some recency bias. You've seen the commercials. That might be in his head. Good call. I like it. Number six. Scarlet's All right. Six, so. This is a simple Todd, question. We get Todd, Todd, you didn't give your pick for his favorite event. Oh, I'm so sorry. I got. I wrote down, before you even said it, I wrote down Hulk as well. Okay. And I think Thor would be his number two, but go ahead. Now, uh, the problem with Hulk, you know, we know we have a picture of him at Comic-Con with the original Hulk, Lou Ferrigno. I could have put Lou Ferrigno. He may think that Lou Ferrigno is the Hulk. I don't All know. Right. Yeah. Hold on, guys. I want to change my answer. Oh, I want to change it to Fat Thor. Fat, fat Thor. Thor. I think Mo likes Fat Thor. Do you really right. want to change that? Yeah, Fat Thor. All right. All right. But but we'll give Mike credit for any Thor. Whatever we'll you I think Thor is exactly credit for Black Widow as well. I'm putting that in parentheses. We'll see what happens. All right, number six. Uh, this is a yes or no question. Will Muhammad answer this correctly? Okay. I'm going to ask him. What is Captain Picard? We we talked about it earlier about Picard, the TV show now being uh, you know free to everyone. What is Captain Picard's first name? No, no, the no. no chance, no Not chance. chance. <laughs> we got no. <laughs> <laughs> we got no. We got no chance. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in a yes just to give him a little bit of credit. Why not? Oh, my yeah, God. Nose uh, across the board. All right. Here's another easy one. I mean, un- Mick, I- Mick, Mick said no chance. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Mo is just sitting there checking his email. He has no idea what he's doing. By, by the way, by the way, by the way, guys, guys, does Mike live in a mansion? He's been walking for like an hour. <laughs> Is that no, I was making sure that all my all right, go ahead. Okay, here we go. Number, uh, what are we up to? Number, number seven. All right, Mike, you're going to like this one. This is now, again, I did not expect this to be on the screen. I'm going to ask him to look away. But the question is, if he does look away, considering what's been going on throughout the past two hours on the screen, what is he going to answer? Is he going to answer it correctly? Yes or no? Please spell Zapsick. <laughs> no, not a chance. No, he has to get that right. Come yeah. on. Mike's been his friend for years. He has to. Literally on the screen for the past two hours. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mike says no. Man, my wedding doesn't know my last name. Can't spell it. I think he'll. I, I think he'll get it. I well, think he'll get it. My brother, for God's sakes. <laughs> I think he'll get it. All right, that's good. I don't. John, what, John, what was your answer? My answer is yes. Yeah, I'm going to give him credit. Right. 
I'm going no. I'm going no. I'm sticking with Mike. I'm going no on that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one that I have. Now, this is another one that's going to cut close to home. Uh, without looking them up and without mangling any one of them, how many Ross Brewing beers can Mo correctly name? Wow. That's how a many cool. there's, how many how many do we want to put into the list here, John? I would say there's five official. I mean there's there's five that are that are being sold or almost being sold, but and Mo is a part owner of the company. That's correct. He's been very closely involved with the company, and we've even on this very podcast tonight discussed, I think, three of them. The three That's that right. are out on uh, uh for review already. So yes. how many of those five do we think Mo is going to correctly name before he mangles the first? Oh, okay. So it's not, oh, that's, that, that's interesting. That's what, yeah. Let's be clear. If he starts naming them in order or whatever order he chooses, how many until he mangles one? Then I'm going to, I'm going to give him one before his first mangle. Wow. Okay. Out of five. One, one two. Out of five. Mike? Mike, Mike says two. No, I'll Mike go to three. Two. I'll go three. Bing's got three. Lovely Suzanne chiming in with one as well. All right, I'm going to go. I'll just <laughs> says none. Nick says none. CJ says none. Oh my god! All right, that's all. That's all. I had eight. I've got a tiebreaker in case we need it. But do you guys do you want to stick it with eight? Does anyone have any that they want to throw in in the mix? I, I don't have any prepared tonight. Now that I know about this segment, I, I'll think of some. This for is the great. This is great. Yeah, yeah, this is good. I like this. All right, let's throw it. Let's throw it back to uh, to Mo. All right, give him, uh, give him the heads up. What do we what do we want to use? I don't even know. Mo. Oh, Mo. Whoa. <laughs> we say we'll show my my daughter. Tell, can, who's can someone tell him come back in? <laughs> this is the best part of the podcast. Us <laughs> trying to get Muhammad. That should have been our tiebreaker. How long before Mo puts the ah, good call, Mike. Good call. <laughs> Mo. Three minutes. Mo, come back. Come back. Listen, uh, wait, Mo, wait, someone needs to write it in the comments. Richard Agnew helping us out. Come on, Mo. Mo, sound right, on. I just, wrote, I just wrote Moo in the comments. I don't know <laughs> if that's going help. Okay, and and he's back. Mo, if you're back, give us a thumbs up. What's up, Father? Right. Oh, can you hear us? Richard. Yeah. Well, all right, Mohammed. Here's what we're going to do, my friend. This is all you got to do. It's super simple. There are no there are no wrong answers. All you have to do is tell us from your heart and from your mind what are your answers to the following questions. We've chosen what we think are your answers and will be scored uh, you know appropriately. All you have to do is tell us what you think. There are eight questions. Number one, what is your favorite Iron Man movie? All right. Uh, favorite is uh, the the first one. I to be honest, it. I give uh, three. I didn't watch the third. <laughs> no, I did. I did. Okay. So the first one actually had some Arabic in it, which is why I liked it, and my parents liked it as well. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. But he killed all the Arabs. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Mo. What is your know, number two? What is your favorite Star Wars movie? You have eleven choices. Favorite Star Wars movie? Go ahead. Uh, so I've taken a lot of flights recently, and I've actually watched about five of them because that's good. Yeah. So uh, it's it's like a toss up between like A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. 
Ooh. Wow. wow. Okay. Nobody had those. All right. If you had to pick one, what do you got? Uh, Return of the Jedi. I got that. Motherfuckers. Okay. Very exciting. All right. Number three. That I didn't drop the F-bomb this time around. Sorry. All right, Muhammad, number three. How many episodes of The Simpsons would you wager you have seen? Woo. Complete episode. Well, how many episodes have they had? Like 200? I've seen at least half of them. Get out of town. No, I'm a big fan. Actually, a friend of mine used to write for them. So it's just pretty cool. Wow. All right. Low down, dirty snake. <laughs> All right. Next up, Muhammad. Do you prefer your toilet paper to unspool? Over the top or from underneath? I don't know if I prefer it. I think uh, it's. I think it flops back and forth. I don't think I have a. I, I mean, currently, right now, it's underneath. It's underneath. What? All right. I'm, I'm gonna give that. I'm gonna give that to underneath. All right. We got. We got one for that. I appreciate that, Mo. We're going underneath. Number next up, number five. You've got a bunch of choices here. Who is your favorite Avenger? Oh, easy. Hulk. I love it. Good answer. Hold on. I'm just okay. Next up, Muhammad. We talked about him earlier. We talked about John saying he's uh, the, the new TV show being made available to everyone for free off of CBS All Access. What? Is Captain Picard from Star Trek? Captain Picard, what is his first name? It's obviously George. (laughs) (laughs) It's obviously George. Yeah! No chance. George. That's my main man right there. Okay. All right. It's obviously George. All right. Next, Muhammad. For this next question, I'm going to have to ask you to look away from the screen for a second. Okay. Do me a favor. So, somebody's going to turn my audio on. I mean, you got that, right? Yep. Yeah, got no, you. you're on. You're yep. good. We can hear you. You're perfect. Look away from the screen. There you go. Now tell me, without looking, please spell Zapsic. Oh, wait. Yeah. He has to unmute his mic first. You got to unmute. Close your eyes because it's on the screen. Actually, and then I'll mute not- it from here. Okay. Mike okay. Zap, it's on. Did I get that? No. Z A P C I C. That's my man. Well done. Thank you. Well done. Well done. All right. Last question. Now this one. This should be right up in your wheelhouse, Mo. You ready for this one? This is the last question. There are five. How many Ross, right? How many Ross Brewing beers can you name Just before right mangling one? Right uh, no. Just stop right there. What happened? Just say how many can you name? How many Ross Brewing beers can you name before mangling one? Go ahead. That's that's a bonus. So there's Navisink IPA, there's Shrewsbury Lager, there's Passaic Porter. Mm. 
there's there's a wit and a rock. <laughs> Maybe. Robert and Rye. Oh! I hope you took the over. Shoot. Says this is very telling me. He's got four. All right, rat. Uh, oh boy. I don't know. I know. I know we have a wit. I don't know what that. There, is. All right. There's an oyster one. There's an oyster in it. The oyster, the oyster for the record, not in the vent. The Ross oyster beer. The Ross Oyster beer, not not the wit. But, uh, I'm gonna give it to you. If uh, if I heard you correctly, that's the score. Let's uh, let's tally up the scores. Mo, do me a favor, mute if you will. I've got I've got a tie. If you would believe it, I do have a tiebreaker question. But we're gonna have to hold that for the next time we play. We've got a we've got a winner. I've got a. I've got a tie at third place with three correct answers between Mike Zapsik, Ming Chen, and Todd Sullivan. The winner is John Kukoza with four correct answers. Well done. Well done. We'll have to tally up the uh, the fan counts. Uh, Good luck to friend of the program and uh, intern John Ross for the matchup, all the comments to the time-stamped questions. But uh, we'll see. We'll see who the fan winner is. Uh, the winner of this one, John Kokoza. Congratulations, John. Do you have any comments for us? Uh, here's the thing. Okay. I've known Mo a long time. It's true. And I have as little clue as anyone what he's apt to mangle at any given time. There were a few questions in there where I would have been embarrassed if I got it wrong. When you said favorite Avenger. That has to be the Hulk. I mean, who else did Mo himself dress up as? Forget Lou Ferrigno. Mo is the living Hulk. Earlier today, when he was stalking about the apartment, or as Clyde Frazier would say, lurking and irking, trying to find some sort of uh, headphones or something that clearly he was never able to find owing to the audio quality we've been having today. But he looked like the Hulk, just so massive. Anyway, great segment. Looking forward to doing it again in the near future. But at this point, we are going to... I'm just looking forward to, to hearing what you guys were saying before. <laughs> Thanks for rewinding. We love you, Mo. You can, you can play that. You can play that back, Mo. It's all good. And, and Mo, you'll be able to download this episode on SoundCloud, just like uh, all the other episodes on the Assured Universe page, uh, available on Stitcher, available on iTunes, and then you'll be able to find out exactly what people decided you were going to say. So let's move right into our parting shots uh, as we bring this episode home. It's been a great post-coronavirus quarantine episode. Um, We're going to start with parting shots. And here, guys, you can say anything that you have on your mind, anything you want to get off your chest, anything you want to promote, anything you want to talk about or talk up. And so why don't we start with... Why don't we actually start with Mo? Mo, the star of the last segment, go ahead and give us your parting shot, buddy. Thank you, buddy. So I just wanted to wish all of you and all of our friends who are uh, listening and watching uh, to continue to be safe and uh, and healthy. Just uh, stay in, stay in, and uh, don't do anything uh, that will put you in jeopardy. 
And uh, the uh, the biggest thing that we actually didn't talk about, which had the biggest coronavirus impact, is the um, you know three movies got pushed out that that were supposed to be for uh, you know leading ladies. When you, when you look at the James Bond movie, which they were going to transition to a lesbian, yeah. 1984 and Black Widow. Now most most of the uh, the, the people listening in, you know, all of our friends who are listening in, you know, they, they didn't hear us before we started. And you guys were just, you know, basically saying, oh, women are always late. So in this case, <laughs> the uh, the leading ladies of, uh, of Hollywood are late. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to a summer where I could uh, see those movies. Good call. And you know what? It's not their fault, right, Mo? It's not their fault that they're late. Good call. That Wonder Woman 1984 looks great. The the Black Widow movie looks great. And, of course, that James Bond that you mentioned, the final one with Daniel Craig, where we do see a female 007 as well. So great call, Mo, on your parting shot. Let's come up to Ming. Ming Chen. TV's Ming Chen. What is your parting shot, my friend? I, uh, as each time we do this, if you want to have as much fun as we did, we don't even have to be in the studio. We got to do this at home. So can you. We'll show you how to do it. It's very easy. It's very fun. And uh, as I've been saying all week, what else do you have to do? You know, it's either podcast or like do your laundry or, or clean your room. And I, I don't want to do either of those. I want a podcast. So, um, and if you need to find me, I'll be online somewhere because I haven't left. So I'll be, I'll be streaming, live streaming somewhere. Um, and if you already have a podcast, you want to keep it going, obviously we'll help you keep that going. Uh, but we're going to be announcing uh, several new services that will help you enhance your podcast if you have one going already. And uh, should have those up sometime tomorrow. I'm, uh, I'm working on uh, just getting those out there. So, uh, But a shared universe, we're here for you. You know, of course, stay safe and, uh, you know... Be safe, stay at home, but that doesn't mean that you can't keep podcasting and that you can't keep marketing your existing podcast. So uh, we're going to help you do that, and uh, we'll always be here for you. Thank you, Ming. Michael, your parting shot, my friend. I want to thank Ming for finding this really kick-ass stream yard. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. This was great. Um, we, you know, a shared universe will be there for you. Um, we're going to start a. Ming, are we going to do it tomorrow? The um, the live comic reading. Uh, yes, I got a yes. Or you want to do it Friday? Uh, let's say Friday. We'll we'll, we'll kick right, off the week Friday, with that. or or kick we're off the weekend with um, it. Chapter one of Kingdom Come, a live right. read. Well done. Good choice. Thank you. We'll do it at uh, let's say seven thirty. That's okay. a good time. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Um, Ming, thanks for this, guys. Thank you for bringing a little bit of normalcy into um, everyone's lives, mine especially. So that's pretty cool. And uh, Mo, you're a really sweet guy. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm sorry that me, Todd, and Ming underestimated you. And that John knows you so well. Um, Before we get up to Todd for his parting shot, Mike, I just want to follow up on that one thing you said about that live read. So how's it going to work? You and Ming and separate households are going to have the comic open in front of you. You're going to take turns on pages. Like what's going on? Actually, I'm going to bring my wife into it, too, to do. There are some female voices in there. So, yeah. I, I I am so stoked. This is probably the best news that I've been given. I'd be happy to join in. In a long time, uh, I'm, I'm going to listen to your first one, and then after that, uh, I'll make my services available if you need them. But I want to hear Hell this. Yeah. 
Uh, Kingdom Come, you know, one of the all-time greats of of of, of anything. Forget just comics. So great job there. Looking forward to it. Uh, Todd, before we throw it to you, we just want to say what's up. We see some great stuff from Nick and from Stu and from Rich and from and from Gary and just everyone saying, you know, how happy they were that we were able to uh, to give them, uh, you know, their normal Wednesday night routine here. Um, certainly something we were trying to do. But Todd, your parting shot. Oh, you beat me to the punch. I was going to read off a couple of posts from 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 uh, Rich and uh, Nick and Stu and everyone. I mean, like, I love the the thoughts you guys are throwing out there. And from my perspective, it's great to see you guys. It's great to yeah. jump yeah. back on on the line together. Ming, thank you so much for uh, for making this happen and for putting together. You know, shout out to Streamyard. I mean, this is pretty cool being able to see. All five of us on screen together and, and yeah. pulling up the quotes and, and uh, posts that people are putting on there. Super cool. Good to feel <laughs> good to feel a little bit normal again in this in this ridiculous world. So I hope you guys had a little fun listening to us. Happy to come back uh, next week and do it again. Good to see you guys. <laughs> By the way, Mo, Mo referencing some classic panel uh, uh, nomenclature. It's just soaked or stoked. <laughs> anyway, thanks there, Mo. All right, here's my parting shot, guys. Uh, well, I just want to mention briefly the third beer I'm drinking tonight. Uh, this is uh, one of my favorites, normally consumed during the holidays. It's Mad Elf by Trogues, uh, which is their uh, Belgian dark brewed with honey and cherries, coming in at a, at a very robust 11%. I'm not sure if you can see that there. Uh, oh, it's uh, it's it's always been one of my favorite beers, dating all the way back to the days of the Wild Goose, to the days of the Mahoney's. Uh, uh, Mad Elf was always a great seller for us. That intrigued me. I started drinking it, love it a lot. Uh, and and one thing that this quarantine is 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 doing for us is it's enabling us to work our way through. The uh, the big backlog of craft beers that we've got yeah. here in the uh, in the Casa Coco basement and in all of our basements, in fact. So uh, Ming, we were able to give him uh, a couple of beers uh, yesterday. Four beers. Uh, we, we can make a similar exchange each week as long as the law allows. And uh, man, I've just got tons here. Matter of fact, I've got so much that uh, that just yesterday, uh, sorry, two days ago, John Ross, the intern, and I uh, uh, broke curfew. And went out and bought a third refrigerator for the house. So if we're keeping that at home, that's one refrigerator for food and two refrigerators just for beer. Sounds about uh, right. And um, and they're all full. That's two refrigerators completely full top to bottom with beer. So, uh, so we've got to do something about that. But here's the other thing. Speaking of John Ross, the intern, he uh, – He's been uh, starting during this quarantine to get some of his college acceptances in. So, you know, the first one that came in was the University of Delaware. That was nice. They gave him a very nice, generous scholarship package. Uh, uh, during the week, this past week, he also got uh, Drexel. Uh, he got um, oh uh, George Washington, which is uh, one of his top choices. Uh, he's very keen to go to school in the D.C. area. So uh, he's got a few more schools out there. Uh, waiting to hear from if he gets in or not. And then um, and then I think what we're going to do is we're probably going to take advantage of everything StreamYard has to offer in conjunction with the Asher Universe podcast studio. And we can see that Gio said he is still soaked about this. Um, soaked. 
And and then maybe John Ross, the intern, is going to do his own decision part two, much like uh, his uh, his <laughs> like LeBron. LeBron. Nice. And, where he's, see where he's taking his talent. And he's going to, you know, he'll he'll do the full thing. Maybe he'll have the hats and say who he's going to pick and where he's going to go. Uh, wherever John des- decides to go, we're very confident that he's going to. Um, He's gonna he's gonna do just fine, and uh, and and the schools have been have been very generous with their uh, their scholarship packages that they're offering him. You know, he worked hard and he got his good grades and his good scores and all that other stuff. So we're very proud of him, no matter where he goes. And so who knows? Maybe even by next week, we'll have a decision. Who knows? Maybe two weeks. But in any event, that's my parting shot, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank all of you, the Point Blank fans viewers and listeners follow us on facebook at point blank podcast follow us on instagram at point blank pod you can download episodes on soundcloud stitcher itunes and any number of other venues that uh that that, that wherever you can find a shared universe we want to thank ming and mike for for mobilizing during this time of quarantine and coming up with an alternative method for us to podcast. Thank you, Mo, for coming in from the West Coast. Thank you, Todd, for coming in from the Windy City. Thank you to everyone who tuned in during during our uh, during our two hour plus podcast. Um, and that's it, Bruce. Take us out of here. Go for it. I'll see you guys later.